0: What's new? What's next? What's never been done before? Those are three questions that sent Roxanne Vogel, a sports nutritionist and scientific researcher at Goo Labs, down the path of training for Everest. But she didn't want to do Everest the way that everybody else does. She set the audacious goal of, of summiting Mount Everest in 14 days whereas other climbers take weeks or months to scale the world's highest peak. Do you want to hear how she did it? Also, do you want to hear a helpful framework for preparing for any endurance event? If so, this episode is for you. So what's up, everybody? This is Mario, and as you know, I've been attending the Endurance Coaching Summit. I've largely been focused on the science track, and another one of the sessions was a session called Lessons Learned from Fueling the World's Most Extreme Endurance Athletes by Roxanne Vogel. And as I mentioned, she is a Nutrition and Performance Research Manager at Goo Energy Labs. Uh, goo Energy Labs, they're the company that create, created the first goo or gel for endurance. And she is also a PhD candidate at Southern Cross University. And in her talk, she started to talk about how she and her team trained some of these athletes for some of the most extreme endurance events that exist in the world. So some of these are ones I had never even heard of. So there were four different events that she talked about in the session. The first is the Tour de Gantz, which is a ultra marathon uh, in the mountains the second is the Marathon des Sables, which is a, a marathon, an ultra-marathon across the Sahara Desert. The other is the Iditarod Invitational, which is a either a bike race or a foot race in freezing cold temperatures. And then the other was the Everest uh, Lightning Ascent, which she called uh, Scaling Everest, in 14 days. So each of these different events clearly posed different challenges from physical, environmental, and nutritional. And she talked about in the session how they had to understand those different challenges and then come up with custom tailored plans for the individuals who were training for them. And she, she shared this really helpful framework that she has developed over the years from working with all of, these, uh, all of these different clients, and I wanted to share that with you. And it's basically called, How to Prepare for Any Event. And there's just four steps. So the first step is to identify the challenges. The next step is to do your homework. Third step is to plan the pyramid. And then the fourth step is to implement. So first step, identify challenges. Next, do your homework. Third, plan the pyramid. Fourth, implement. So I'm not going to go through every single one of those events, but I do want to highlight and show this framework in context for the Tour de Gantz and ultimately for Everest and how Roxanne trained and prepared for that. So the Tour de Gans, uh, this is an ultra marathon that is 205 miles long. There's also 80,000 feet of elevation, of vertical gain, and it typically takes 150 hours. And there was an individual who was training for this through Goo Labs. And through the framework with Roxanne, the first step is to identify the challenges. So there were several different challenges. First, it's the terrain. There's just nonstop climbing and descending rugged mountain terrain. The weather, it can be very un- unpredictable. It can be hot and cold and in in an alpine environment. And then the third is sleep deprivation. And the first step is to just understand and, and um, identify those challenges. Next, th- you need to do your homework. So in... In understanding these challenges, Roxanne then started to do her homework and look at what the research was for overcoming them, and she actually found a study about how to prepare for this exact event from eight eight years prior, and they used that to develop the plans. They looked at how many, they studied him in training to see how many calories he would be burning and how many of those calories would come from carbohydrate versus fat, And this served as critical information for fueling, And then they also started to strategically plan out where the aid stations, which were called the life bases were, so that he could refuel. From there, they started to uh, move to step three, which is plan the pyramid. And this is where she talks about, there's a pyramid for your nutritional needs when preparing for these different events. And it starts at the bottom. The base layer is just the basic energy and hydration needs. And this is the foundation of fueling. So this is carbs, fluids, and electrolytes. Then above that base layer is the performance-focused ingredients. And so this is the, the level where there's a, a specificity to the demands of the event. And then at the top of that pyramid is the bespoke solutions. So these are things that are very athlete specific. So these are the things where the athlete, they want to choose a flavor that is beneficial or pleasing to the athlete, something that matches the delivery style of the athlete and different considerations like that. So for this specific event, uh, the individual who was training for it, they identified how many calories he would need to burn uh, or consume an hour. And it was in between 200 and 250. They focused on the weight. Uh, They really, since he was going to be running 200 miles, they wanted to minimize uh, the weight. And so they used powdered drink mixes, gels, and calorie uh, density. And They wanted to try and keep him alert because of the sleep deprivation, so they would use caffeine strategically. There were other things like uh, a, a term that they called performance mash, and these were potatoes that could be rehydrated with hot or cold water that would give plenty of sodium, and they added MCT oil and some performance mushroom blend. Uh, it was his favorite flavor as well. So it was the top of the pyramid. Other things that they would add are a, a mountain chai, as I mentioned, that had the 120 milligrams of caffeine. And then they also added some nut butters, which are calorie dense, easy to consume, and kind of that performance focused ingredient. So that's just an example of how after you understand the challenges, they did the research and they started to develop That plan and that pyramid based on the basic feeling, the performance, and then the specific to the athlete. And then the fourth step was to just implement. So it's important to have a plan, have it documented, and then just execute the plan so that the individual didn't need to waste any energy thinking about what to do or when to do it. And that was the main Uh, The main part of of implement. Now, there were some things that nutrition couldn't help with with the uh, individual who was running the race. Uh, He actually his feet got so swollen that he had to drain his big toe uh, each night. And then uh, sleep deprivation resulted in him starting to hallucinate. And she told the story of how he was hiking and he thought that he saw this really cool lizard. So he took a picture of it. And then later that night, he was looking at his photos and there wasn't a lizard there at all. So after following that four-step framework, um, these were the results. 85 hours and 25 minutes later with only two and a half hours of sleep in three and a half days. Um, I think his name was Luke. He finished eighth overall. And throughout that whole process, there were clearly lessons learned. And um, the the lessons learned were have a plan, practice it and come up with a backup plan. So that's just one example of using that framework in the Tour de Gant, that ultra marathon uh, in the mountains. Now, Roxanne talked about how she did that exact same framework in the Tour de Gantt, the Marathon, the Iditarod, but it ultimately was the same framework that she used in preparing for the Everest Lightning Descent. And as I mentioned, um, this was the first time that anybody had really ever attempted to scale Everest in just 14 days because normally this is something that's done in a matter of weeks and months. Um, now, since she wanted to do it in 14 days, she knew that she had to focus before that 14 days on the pre acclamation methods, and no one had ever done this before. So she put this whole process of how would I complete an Everest ascent in 14 days through her framework of identify challenges, do your homework, plan the pyramid, and implement. And I want to walk through that part of it with you now. So identify challenges. Clearly with Everest, there's tons of challenges. But the first one is hypoxia. And that's where you don't have enough, uh, enough of an oxygen supply in your brain and in your body. Uh, obviously, cold and winds would be a factor. Then the difficult terrain, uh, acclimatizing to the elevation, and then also just waiting on the weather because it can change So quickly and it can be so destructive. So once she understood those challenges, hypoxia, cold, uh, acclimatizing, then she was able to do her homework. She did her homework by recruiting uh, Lydia Brady. She was a, a woman who had scaled Everest four or five times and she had done it without oxygen. So she found somebody who had already accomplished this crazy goal. She also found somebody who could organize all of her logistics to be her point man, uh, booking the flights um, and and doing all of those important things. She also got uh, some coaches at Uphill Athlete to get her ready for this. These are coaches that focus on preparing individuals for these types of events. And then she also did some research on sports psychology to try and train her mind. So with the challenges identified, she's starting to do her homework, then the next step is to plan the pyramid. So she knew with planning the pyramid that she needed to spend time preparing up front. And one of the main ways to prepare would be living and working in a simulated hypoxic environment. And this was really uh, cool to see, but since she works at um, Goo Labs, they actually have a hypoxic um, office, essentially. So she, they were showing footage of how she would be working the whole day in a, a simulated hypoxic environment. She had a little standing desk. It's a small little office. Every once in a while, she would do her step ups and she would do her exercise. So she started working in that environment. Another thing that she did is she started sleeping in a hypoxic tent to prepare for the altitude as well. So when she started, she started sleeping at an elevation of around 13,000 feet, but eventually she worked her way up to get to sleeping in 20,000 feet. So she really started to try and simulate that environment at the beginning of the year. And she did that throughout the whole day. Next, she also focused on her diet. She focused on a strict, nutrient-dense, high-protein diet, and that was to to optimize recovery from the workouts that she was doing. She was doing a lot of running, a lot of hiking, and the the hypoxic event. So through all of this, they were also able to come up with a unique Everest uh, gel and bar that would fuel her. They decided to focus on liquid calories And they did a lot of tracking of her HRV, ketones, body weight, and they did a little bit of intermittent fasting to come up with something that was specific to her. So she went through this process for four to five months leading up to the Everest descent. She started in January of 2019, and then on May 12th, she decided, uh, she finally got the call that that the weather at Everest was ready for her. So three days before she uh, left for Tibet, she booked her flight, she got on the plane, and within 24 hours, she had gone already to 17,000 feet. She started up the mountain and overcame all sorts of obstacles. I think she she talked about how she was passing dead bodies on her way uh, to the top, which is just horrific. But they reached, uh, they started up the mountain on May 15th, and on May 22nd, they reached the summit, and then took some pictures, had a good time, and then quickly uh, descended down the mountain. She got back on her flight, and within, I want to say a week later, she had texted her coaches and said that she was ready to start training for whatever was next, so That is just like an incredible story of coming up with a goal, training for it, achieving and setting your mind to something. And for Roxanne, it was all because of this uh, framework for how to prepare for any event. Again, it's identify challenges, do your homework, plan the pyramid and implement. And throughout this whole process, uh, she said that there were several lessons learned that I wanted to share with you. And they're, they're just really quick. So number one, have a plan and practice it. Number two, specificity is key. Three, experience is the best teacher. Four, eat early, eat often. And then five, preparation is everything. So I want to bring it back to you. Now, you may not have a super ultra endurance event like some of these that I've described, like scaling uh, Mount Everest, like running a mar- an ultra marathon across the Sahara Desert, or running a 200 mile, 80,000 feet of elevation gain ultra marathon. But you you clearly, if you're listening to this, you have a goal. It could be a 5k, a 10k, a half, uh, or a, a marathon or an ultra marathon. And this framework that Roxanne has developed, I think 100% applies to you. So with whatever your goal is, the first thing that you should do is start to identify the challenges that you will face when you pursue that goal. Next, do your homework. Research how have other people who are just like you accomplished success. Do some research, reach out, try and find a coach, start to find a training plan, And then third, plan the pyramid. Start to think about your nutrition needs. Think about the basic needs that you have. Then also try and introduce some performance nutrition benefits. And then also make sure that it's specific to you and your needs and not just uh, just fundamental advice. And then fourth, implement, show up, develop your plan, execute your plan, overcome obstacles, Those are the four steps to prepare and have success in any event, according to Roxanne. And I would encourage you today to think about this framework, apply it in your next race or your next goal or in your life. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful and I hope you all have an amazing day.